Worry. Worry will keep you from setting goals. Worry will keep you from attending races. Worry will keep you from running your best race ever. We have to ensure you worry less. Don't worry. Be happy. Welcome to Hypno Running, the show where we do more than just talk about running. We help you find solutions to develop your full potential, making you a better, faster, and smarter runner. And here is your host, Heiko. Ah, yes, now tell me, who wrote the song? Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. In every life, we have some trouble. Who wrote this song or who... Who, wrote, who sang the song? Exactly, Bobby McFerrin. Oh my goodness, that song was on the radio, I think, for ages. <laughs> and a, actually, a great song, isn't it? So it shows your age if you know it. Congratulations. Thank you for tuning in today. And it's all about worry, about how to perhaps not be a worried runner. Might be some of you don't enjoy today's podcast. Might be some of you say, hey, I need to share this with someone. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. A wonderful Bible verse, you know. We may not be able to, to stop trouble in the world or, or trouble in our lives, but one thing we do not have to do is worry about it. Sounds so easy. Haiku, you don't understand. I love those haiku, you don't understand moments, you know. And uh, some people, they, they will argue so strong for their limiting beliefs or creating hypothetical examples where the only possible answer you could be giving is, yes, you are right, I'll join your club of warriors. You know what I mean, those real professional warriors. And my goodness, they're a difficult bunch, especially if you're not inclined or prone to worry. It's like a contra, it's like you're all of a sudden in a tug of war, and you're like, what's happening? I just said, don't worry, and suddenly you're being, you're being attacked. <laughs> and of course, I understand we're not all the same. We have different backgrounds, different beliefs and everything. But what I do know is that a worried state is, is not a good state to be in. To be in a state of resourcefulness where you talk to yourself in a positive, powerful way. Wow, that's something that, <laughs> that's wonderful right there. You know, dividing your run into smaller segments will make the distance feel much more manageable. For instance, rather than worrying about a run distance and finding a mantra by embracing the challenge or by using imagery techniques or, or visualizing the race. These are all things we had in, in season two and in season three of the podcast. And that's, a, that's an excellent state of mind. You have these options, embracing the challenge, you know, by finding a mantra or using imagery or visualization techniques. That's an excellent state of mind to be in to create happy miles. And yes, for some that can seem impossible or reckless, uh, especially if you're looking at a marathon distance or an ultramarathon, where time spent on your feet is a long one. <laughs> I know, a lot can go wrong, a lot can happen. Or perhaps, as well, a lot can go right, or better than expected. See what I did there? I added something to the equation, to the sentence, first tip on today's podcast. If somebody says, well, there's a lot of things that can go wrong on a marathon, yes, there are, and there are a lot of things that can go right. And now, just ask yourself, which one of the two attitudes do you like more? So staying with the marathon. Many uh, runners are worried about nutrition, what to eat and how often, and can, can, I, can I let you into a secret? Actually, and there is no magic marathon diet. Ha! Perhaps the closest part to being secret is, or unveiling the secret is, uh, on your long training runs, 
that you, you need to do that. It's indispensable to your marathon training. And that is where you need to practice taking in food and drink as in a race scenario. So when it comes to nutrition-related aspects of marathon preparation, figuring out what will work for you in a race is more crucial than worrying about things like carbo-loading or what is the perfect marathon's diet, you know, and the, and the clicking of the pen. I'm ready to note it down. Just, just give me those benefits. Just give me those three pointers. What's the carbo-loading looking like? What is your, your carbo looking like? Because I'm really worried I'm going to bunk. Well, whew, okay. You need to do this research by yourself to find your perfect uh, nutrition, your perfect marathon diet. And of course, a healthy diet is going to bolster your chances of racing well. And you'll need to eat more as you burn more calories. But what is a healthy diet for the average runner? It doesn't, you know, it doesn't differ from a healthy diet in general. And, okay, some people enjoy having a gel or something like that at the later stages of the race. But also, if you're not used to having a gel, and I know some of you are going to say, well, there's this gel, gel ABC, and there's gel this and that, which is absolutely fantastic. I'm not promoting gels here. What I want to say is there are gels that people enjoy and really use. But, hey, if you can do a marathon without a gel, there's less risk something's going to go wrong. Now, in marathon fueling, for a lot of people, it's hard to figure out anything over two hours. And, and there's the mechanics behind it as well. How, how do you actually, you know, squeeze the cup so you can drink uh, in mid-stride? You know, it's not maybe better just to slow down completely and to drink two glasses of water. Again, you need to practice this. You need to physically take along some cups and run around the track and then practice this. Now, another way to avoid worry thoughts or anxious thoughts which you might be having you we're taking them serious is by practicing the track on the track and for most advanced runners marathon training includes a combination of of long runs at more or less just under race pace and as well as short fast interval workouts the fitness media has you know like mentioned a lot about h-i-i-t high intense interval training and the purpose of explaining how to short, you know, fast repetition can also benefit those preparing for long races. Now, there's no doubt that HIIT, HIT, is a great way to, to build fitness quickly. But what is going to give you that winning edge to complete it is the, the long run and the closest simulation of what you'll feel in a marathon. I'm not saying run the full marathon distance, but you should be able to sustain many hours on your feet running and that's what you need to practice rather than worry about it you need to you need to have somebody drive you out if you if you're going to do a, the 42.2 kilometers and you've never done one before perhaps have somebody drop you 30 kilometers from your house and run back if you're unsure you're going to make it start doing the run walk everything is better than trying to look for advice online whether it's h-i-i-t or, or what is the carbo loading you and of course, also incorporate short intervals in your, into your training. Um, so you need to do both things. But what it is, is you need to focus on your own training plans. Uh, don't get too sidetracked looking at the professionals. Because believe it or not, running with professionals, it's absolutely a different ball game. That's why they are professional. We are middle of the pack runners. I've never felt so slow as when I had the opportunity, actually three times in my life, to 
be on the same track as professional runners. And oh my goodness, it's like, it's not a wise approach to try and emulate the workouts of those world-class runners. You know, some, some runners, they look at these wild workouts, you know, 40K at 90% uh, marathon pace, and they think, well, that, that's what everybody's doing. I, I'm also going to do that. You know, they don't realize that for those athletes, it's their jobs. That's what they do. They can handle that stress. They've got a physio who's just there for them later. <laughs> and remember, your, your training plan, it's, it's, it's just a plan. It's a guide. It's not an instruction manual. Same like this, this week's podcast, your time, your distance. Oh, oh, sorry, last week's podcast, your time, your distance. You know, focus on it. Get a different feeling for it. Try something alternative. So there's no question that training for a marathon needs discipline, but discipline shouldn't be confused with this like, oh, I need to like do exactly what's prescribed in the training plan. When putting together a workout schedule for a future race, maybe you are not going to feel like you want to feel on a particular day, you know, six weeks into your training. And you can't anticipate those factors which might occur. You might be having an injury, you might be having a stomach bug, or something with the weather comes up. Just, you know, they're just factors which are suddenly going to disrupt it. There's no reason to worry. It's disrupting other people as well. And like in other areas in your life, flexibility is the key, not worry. Replace the word flexibility <laughs> and re replace the word worry as well with creating op other options. You know, it, once you have, once you've understood that now is the time where you're having a bit of an injury, you can't run so long. Injury, it starts to the knee starts to hurt after a certain distance. You're going to take that time out, and you're going to focus on upper body strength training rather than worry. Hey, if you're a regular runner or, or going as far as uh, as you know, going from the half marathon to the full marathon, maybe you've had worrying things uh, some some worries about your heart rate because it's going faster than normal even during an easy run now runners or individuals that are very active in any sports they tend to have lower heart rates at rest and they have the ability to maintain the same pace with moderate to intense activities now is it a red flag if the heart rate goes up? It's not a red flag. It's no reason to worry. What it is, is it might be that you are not completely rested. That is the biggest reason. There's nothing to worry about. Don't do a deep dive on Google with heart rate and running because I promise you, you're going to check into the nearest clinic and you're, never, you're not even going to walk there. You're going to take an ambulance there because everything is going to be doom and gloom. This worry is going to take you down a rabbit hole you don't want to be on. Of course, yes, many runners, rightfully so, are worried about plantar fasciitis. That's that sharp stabbing pain at the bottom of your foot near the heel. But again, this is because the heel supports most of your body weight when your feet touch the ground uh, whilst running. And it has a lot to do with support at the heel. And this is something you can prevent. There are certain exercises you can do to avoid this rather happening rather than being worried. Runner's knee, you know, that dull pain in your knees when you're running or you're sitting for a long time. And yes, it might be a runner's knee. And again, what exercises are you doing? What did you learn about? What, what, have, you what have you read, learned, and tried 
on a regular basis to combat that. Shin splints, shin splints, small tears in the leg muscles that result in inflammation uh, of those muscles. And that really is a throbbing pain. I remember that from years back. I used to suffer from shin splints. In the military, we ran with these boots. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think running the boots helped. <laughs> but the solution was is to do a proper warm-up and to increase the, the flexibilities of the muscles. And that really reduced the chance of, of shin splints, of that even happening. But you know what? Worry or to worry, the biggest thing is it's, it's a decision you're taking. Did you know that? Worry doesn't just come from ooh, nowhere. Bam, ding dong, here I am, worry, I'm hitting you in the face. No, worry is an accumulation of thoughts. And you have allowed them to grow roots in your subconscious mind. You have nourished them. You've taken care of them. Oh, my God, I don't want to be a warrior. <laughs> Actually, your brain appreciates it. After all, the worry that ensures you to go out and run, all that worry ensured you packed your running gear the day before and your brain appreciates it and the process becomes a habit. Sometimes worry leads to a good habit. I mean, ever since I've been talking, uh, 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 or sorry, not talking, walking around with those noise protection headphones, it's good I worry about getting run over because a habit ensures I stop and look right and left before crossing, uh, using the pedestrian crossing. That's good. But if you're a warrior, one of those that makes it sound like you're an, you're an elite member of worrying is good circle, you're in the inner circle, you know, it keeps me safe and sound. Uh, I've met some of you and see, that's why I don't run trails, you know. Oh, that's, uh, I might twist my ankle. <laughs> you know, uh, well, I, I don't run when it's wet. It might be slippery. Something might happen, you know, but don't worry, anything you have learned, if you're that bad, anything that you've learned that is not helpful can be changed and replaced with a helpful habit. And there's this excellent book that I would recommend to you by Dr. Rosman. And if you're a pro-warrior, perhaps this is something for you. And oh, anyway, if you're going to look at the book anyway, it's called The Worry Solution. Whilst you're on Amazon, please, I invite you, do grab a copy of Make Every Step Count or just enter my name, Heike Stribble, because that is, I mean... If you like this concept of the podcast, you're going to enjoy the book. It's, it's easy to read, practical advice on how to develop a helpful attitude towards your running. Something after reading the chapters leads you to become a more daring and more precise runner and achieve greater running moments. Oh, and the book has been edited by Morgan. A big shout out to you. Thank you. Very professional editing. Uh, great help. Really gave the book a lot more structure and made it that much more professional. Um, if, if you're thinking of bringing out any book, I'll gladly recommend her. Now, back to The Worry Solution by Dr. Rosman, if you're on Amazon. The worry is cognition. It is imagining future outcomes. It considers everything that can possibly go wrong. And that, of course, that worry leads to stress. And, you know, how many runners actually run to relieve stress, but look at them react to some cyclist that passes too close to them. It's just anger like road rage. <laughs> and it looks like the stress release isn't working. <laughs> Again, worry happens in your brain. It leads to stress, psychological response, and anxiety in the, in the limbic part of your brain. That motivates us to do something. That's why runners get annoyed. <laughs> Again, the worry solution, Dr. Rosman. Now, the big question. Avoid, for example, you know there's a race coming up. You either train harder to ensure you get a result you'll be proud of, or you avoid. You don't show up. Now, if this is you or someone you know, what is happening is this is your ancestral brain that is acting. It's protecting you from dangers that are long time gone. You know, we couldn't outrun a lion 
way back when we lived in caves. <laughs> so worry was a good thing. It kept us safe and we would take some precautions before going down to the river or sending someone down to the river for drinking water. You know, and eventually we somehow overcame the fear of the lion. <laughs> we, we, we protected ourselves, otherwise we wouldn't be here right now. So we used our imagination in a solution-orientated way. And you know what? It seems that in the afternoon, the lions, they're in the shade. It's too hot. They've already been down to the river in the mornings. You know, I heard the other guys talk. You know, a cave next door. They haven't been attacked by a lion in the afternoon. I mean, that group of cavemen which just worried, that remained indoors in their caves, you know, Daddy, I'm bored. Well, draw something on the wall. <laughs> and, and this led to avoiding lions right down to let's hunt and kill them. I mean, we humans, we rule this planet, don't we? Humans one, lion zero, nearly extinct, unless you go to a game reserve or a zoo. And a few years back, the most dangerous animal between you and your morning sip of water was, was the lion, or one of the most dangerous animals. I know I'm trying to be funny here, but our imagination is so powerful, it stops more dreams than you might think. And if I bring this example in a real-life workshop, people tend to get the message, you know. And, and the original function of worry is, is not to go from imagination directly to worry and then to avoidance. No, it's rather to, and this is the habit you need to create, seek options and prevention. Now, in case you're a worrier, not a warrior as in war, a warrior as I'm worried, it might be worth asking yourself, whether or when was the last time someone told you or taught you how to use the skill correctly? Learning to use it so that you improve rather than avoid. We are reasonable people. We are runners. So our brain is a natural state of reasoning. It's those of you that say would rather worry about it and not happen. Ha! Well, let's be pleasantly surprised. If you're worried about not finishing the 10k all the way, and then you ran the whole way through, hey, see, my thinking worked. Well, no, it's most likely your training that ensured you could run the whole kilometers made you complete it. All you have done is build a system for rewarding your twisted, worried thinking. And of course, worry is a great place to distract yourself from training, from struggling. It's a short-term avoidance for long-term goal reaching. <laughs> All examples, you know, they'll, they become habitual. It's deep neural pathways. So the solution, first off, you as a runner, that idea is already there in your mind for a reason. It is likely that I can avoid that problem. Take the worry serious for once, not the whole day, just for once. And then ask yourself, what is the solution? Challenge yourself by just focusing on the next run that goes, uh, that, that it goes well. Uh, that's one of the podcast season three as well as this. So stop debating and arguing for your limiting beliefs. After you've done step one and two, you know, address the issue with much more confidence. Focus on your worry for a certain part of the day and then add the second option, which might be a fantastic result. Ha! Hey, replace your worry with things tend to work out well or I have the potential to handle any challenges that comes my way. Perhaps you need to make a gratitude list and reduce your ability to trust in, in uh, uh, less technology and take more trust in God. What is, it, what is the thing that we're talking about now? Worry, worry, worry. You know, when you engage worry and, and fear, your hypothalamus, that's a tiny region at the base of your brain, you're going to allow a tiny region of your brain holding you back. Don't worry about a thing. Focus on what you want to achieve. It's much more productive.
Thanks for listening to today's show. Do share it with someone who you think needs to hear this. My name is Heiko. God bless you. And remember, take it easy.